Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back. Vince here. I'm here with Darren and Libby, of course. Hello. Hello. Libby, this is our 15th. Where are we? 16. All right, 16th podcast. And we'd like to thank you all for continuing to listen. We're going to start off a little bit this week by talking about happier notes, as we said last week we would. It's <laughs> the 1st of May. It's the 1st of May everywhere. But here in Ontario, we have spring. It's got up to about 27 degrees today, hot and sunny. Beautiful. The snow is finally gone. Yes, it is. But they were skiing at Craigie Ski Club today. Yeah, there was still some skiing going on in the area, which is it's perfect conditions, obviously, if you're a skier, because yeah. uh, you get some serious sun. Probably go out in shorts as long as you don't fall, I guess. Have an awesome time skiing. And, of course, booze it up when you get to the bottom of the hill. I drove all the way over to Collingwood today with the sunroof open and the sun was coming down, so it was nice. Oh, finally. So, Libby, I heard that they're seriously considering Donald Trump for the Nobel Peace Prize for the work that he's done with North Korea. Uh-oh. Politics. We're getting into politics. Well, Scary I, area. I, I didn't really want to get into oh, politics. But I'm interested in what you think of that. If you'd brought this up six months ago and said that Donald Trump was being considered for a peace prize, heads would have spun around. But it's serious. He's the only person who's able to talk with North Korea. I don't know what's happened with North Korea. They're trying, but a lot of the reasons why they're shaking hands has to do with Trump. Okay, so explain yourself. What did Trump have to do with it? I haven't been following it. You brought it up. I did bring it up. I apologize for any of you out there who are going to break this down, but all I really know is that Trump has a very good relationship with North Korea, and he is bringing talks to the table that were never able to be brought before. And this is after the Twitter rampage he went on with Kim Jong-un. Obviously, it may be fake news, but it was on Twitter, and it clearly did not look like good relations to me. They were basically declaring war on each other. (laughs) Oh, I'm staying out of this one. (laughs) I haven't been following it in the last couple of months. All I read about is Stormy Daniels. I have no idea about his peace campaign. Trump and Korea were clearly not getting on on Twitter, and now they are. They are. They're putting an awful lot of the reasoning behind why they are to Trump. I just found it to be very interesting because Donald Trump does have an awful lot of good skills. And I believe one of his strong suits is his ability to talk with people. I know all about his history, but he does know people. He's very good at what he does. He was elected president of the United States, and that job, correct me if I'm wrong, is to effectively represent and improve and safeguard and improve the lives of the elected populace that you represent. Americans. And in my mind, Trump has been doing a really good job of it. Sure, as Canadians, he's forcing the renegotiations of the NAFTA deal. And, you know, and one thing as a deal maker that Trump does is he always sets a standard that's almost ridiculous in the eyes of others to give himself a better negotiating tactic to wind up with the best deal that he can. And he continues to do that. Hate him or love him, he's really excellent at it. I think his approach to North Korea is just an extension of that type of behavior. 
the consequences of not doing a deal. Maybe just pushing it to a degree where you know he's serious and he wants a deal and eventually they cut a deal. That's kind of my perspective on your statement, Vince. I don't know if that's where you're at. I agree with you, Darren. An awful lot of it just comes down to Donald Trump's ability to develop a relationship with somebody. I don't think Donald Trump gave a lot up and nor do I think North Korea gave up a lot. I just think he's able to talk. Maybe so. Hard to say. Okay, um, what else do we have going on? Oh, there's a bunch of people that have uh, joined a class action suit to take Roger Ver to court regarding uh, Bitcoin Cash. I heard that over the last couple of days. What are you talking about? Disgruntled uh, investors? If you're new to the the whole Bitcoin idea, this is generally what's been going on. Many unfortunate souls out there decide that they want to buy some Bitcoin. So they Google Bitcoin, wind up on a site called bitcoin.com bitcoin.com is owned by roger ver effectively the head of the forked bitcoin coin uh, which is properly termed bitcoin cash or bcash there's other forks of bitcoin bitcoin diamond i believe is another one and there's many more we've talked about bitcoin and bitcoin cash a little bit in past podcasts but just very briefly, Darren, could you explain differences between Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash? Okay, well, I think it was around October of last year, maybe, or 2017, that Roger Ver and some associates of his were really arguing for the need for a larger size transaction block for Bitcoin. In their minds, that was the solution to allow an increased number of Bitcoin transactions per second. And it would do that. However, at the cost of every Bitcoin block being double the size that it was currently at. Right. Now, if you wanted to run a Bitcoin node, basically speaking, you download the program, start running it. I think it's on GitHub. It's an open source program. Mm -hmm. And then it would start synchronizing the Bitcoin blocks, meaning that it would download all the previous blocks that have ever been written and save it to your hard drive. And how big is it? I don't even know. It's something like a couple hundred gigs. It takes about seven days before you actually have a fully synchronized node that's ready to run. It just takes that long to download and error check and make sure the blocks are properly downloaded. And you know, and every time a Bitcoin block is written, they all get saved, right? So you're just saving more and more data and it's an onerous amount of data. Now with Bitcoin Cash, they want to double the block size, which effectively means that you would need higher bandwidth or more time to download the current blocks to synchronize. And going forward, you would need more hard drive space to effectively be able to have all these blocks downloaded on your system. And you're, you know, you're probably start getting into the, the three to 500, like half a terabyte level of data saving. So where Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency, Bitcoin Cash is a separate cryptocurrency? Yes. Before October 2017, or whenever the fork happened, Bitcoin Cash didn't exist. So there was just Bitcoin. And then Bitcoin Cash wanted a fork in the currency saying, well, we want double the size of the transaction blocks so we can handle more transaction data. And we feel that this is the way to go going forward. They argued that more people running Bitcoin nodes and miners, say, for example, you got 1,500 people. Right. And then you don't really know how it's going to go. Roger Ver assumed that most of the people 
would opt for the higher size transaction blocks, whereas in reality, that didn't happen. Right. And so when you phrase a coin as Bitcoin, what you're really saying is the larger consensus of Bitcoin node holders agree with this current standard. And with Bitcoin Cash, they thought they were going to grab the majority of the node runner and swing them over to their way of doing things. But in reality, it didn't work out that way. The problem is that Bitcoin Cash keeps trying to call themselves Bitcoin. And it's not the case. They're Bitcoin Cash. They're a forked currency of Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is Bitcoin. If Bitcoin Cash took the majority of the node holders and the miners and achieved that higher consensus, effectively the figurehead of Bitcoin Cash, Roger Ver, owns Bitcoin.com and he keeps trying to call Bitcoin Cash Bitcoin. When people go online and they want to buy Bitcoin and they go to Bitcoin.com, what happens is they wind up buying Bitcoin Cash thinking they're actually buying Bitcoin. Right. And they lose money. Many of these buyers have bought Bitcoin Cash thinking it was Bitcoin, then sent it elsewhere to a Bitcoin wallet and lost their holdings because the Bitcoin wallet takes Bitcoin but not Bitcoin Cash. Doesn't accept the Bitcoin Cash. Is that where the lawsuit? That's the, lawsuit the lawsuit is effectively saying that the proponents of Bitcoin Cash are calling their virtual currency Bitcoin in an effort to effectively defraud people. Right. Or fool them into thinking they're buying Bitcoin. Very confusing just on the surface level. Well, not really. You got A hmm. A versus B. A is calling itself B when it's actually A. I think a thousand people now have signed up to this class action. Today, the Bitcoin.com site has actually changed its wording of the virtual currencies. So it okay. seems like it's starting to have an effect. In this rampant type of obfuscation and fraudulent behavior, it has to go away before the whole market of virtual currency really starts to become viable because it's not trustable. There's too many people getting hoodwinked out of their money. Do I feel sorry for Roger Ver? No, because he's worth billions anyways. He owns, I think it's Haylong Mining. He's a part owner <laughs> of that. He's basically the guy that sells the mining rigs for Bitcoin. Millions and millions and millions of dollars coming in. And I, I don't understand the mindset to try to fool people into this Bitcoin cash bullshit. Choose any virtual currency you like, and it's fine with me. I got nothing against any of them. My point is, though, if I'm going to go buy NEO, and there's a site telling me this is how you buy NEO, and then I buy it, but I'm actually buying, like, IOTA. Fuck that. If you know? you're buying Bitcoin, you should know you're buying Bitcoin. If you want to buy Bitcoin cash, go ahead, but know you're buying Bitcoin cash. Do I want more regulation in virtual currencies? Not really, but it's happening because of this kind of crap that's going on. Well, the, the lines could definitely be a little more clear. I had something that I've been thinking about for the last couple of days. Ooh, sounds scary. No, it's more of a question that I'm going to pose to Darren and Libby and also to all of you out there. So you walk in and you go to a store and you purchase something and i.e. let's just say you walk in and you purchase a coffee okay. from your local coffee shop and you give your coffee person a coffee $5 person. bill <laughs> for that $3 coffee. Yep. And they give you change back for a 20 Yeah. Okay. Do you say something? Yeah. 
You do. Yeah. Well, we've been on the other side of that fence, right? You know, when the till is short. I don't want anyone to experience a short till at my expense. Right. No, I get that. Let's also keep in mind that what if because you went through the drive-thru and you didn't realize it until you were down the road, it didn't really register with you. It would depend if I had the kids in the car or not. As we've talked about before, I've got a bit of a latte addiction. So I would probably mention it the next time I was in the same coffee shop. It would depend on the mood in the kids. If it was fraught, then I would probably just drive up. But I would mention it next time. I would. Yeah. I'm quite pure and honest hmm. like that. So what would you do, Vince? I do get both sides of the argument for or against it or for not doing anything. And I know mistakes are made, but why should I be the one to point it out to them? But on the other hand, like you said, I have been on the other side of that and I would point it out. But the reason I brought it up is because it did happen to me when I went through the drive-thru and I didn't realize it until I was down the road. Away from traveling the opposite way on the highway, had I realized that at the time, maybe I would have done something, but I just, it didn't click. Handed them money, they handed me back some change and I put it down, drove my coffee, got out of the line, back onto the highway and drove away. Well, it's so quick at the drive-thru. You just grab it and go. Yeah. But it does happen. And I'm sure I've done it, right? Handling cash over the years. So was this an attack of conscience that brought this up? Oh, no, I don't have conscience on something like that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's just something I was just curious about because we live in different times and money is so hard to come by. If someone's willing to give it to you for free, are you really going to give it back? I was quite young and I just got to the ATM and there was cash in there, so I gave it to the bank people and they just took it, obviously. Even say thank you. And then another time, and I remember it, it's seared in my memory. I must have been quite young. And we were walking across the street, and I looked down, and there was many notes, and they were 50 pounds. Many notes. Like, there was probably about 500 pounds worth. I was, like, staring at it, and my mum was then, you know, my brother and my sister, and she was trying to get us across the road. And I said to my mum, I said, look at all the money. And she was like, oh, no, no, don't touch it. Don't touch it. And this guy behind just ran up and just started grabbing it. Yeah, so he got it. stuffing it in his pocket. So he yeah. got it. And I remember thinking... Thank you very much. Yeah. It was just an interesting situation for me to see as a child. My mum took the high road, of course. But it was funny, this guy just grabbing it behind me. Yeah. Like, just, like, literally stuffing it in his pockets. That's a lot of money. <laughs> it was. Well, I think an awful lot of people have had... Uh, Incidences like that have happened to them. I can remember back 20 years ago, before surveillance, before cameras, before anything, we used to have to go and make our deposit jam at night and open up the big box of the out front of the bank and put your bag in right full of money. And I remember one time opening it up and the person before me, bag was sitting right there. Wow. You know, I could have easily taken that bag and no one would have known it. It makes you wonder about the conscience of some people. I wanted to talk a little bit about interest rates. Oh, did we? We talked quite a bit about interest rates and the housing market. What's happening right now? Sure, all finance is boring to most people, but it's a very interesting time to be in, right? You are literally witnessing a return back to normal when it comes to interest rates. I think the bond market in the U.S. had a huge 
boom over the last week they just cracked a huge long-term barrier broke through the ceiling into a three percent area then you saw rbc and i think td raised interest rates on uh, their long-term mortgages i think a couple others have followed suit since yeah and i, th- I think i got news well, that scholarship just did today suit, right to me the writing's on the wall like you're, you're getting back into the time where you should be investing money and get out of housing housing's been great it's been on a long-term tear easy to look backwards and assume that because the way housing has represented itself in the historical context that it will continue to do so but to me when you start seeing interest rates pop like they are doing right now i just don't see any other way for housing to go other than down that's my personal opinion but as i've said i'm often wrong i think everybody agrees the housing needs to correct throughout awful lot of canada and most of north america our housing prices are so out of whack even out of whack with what supply and demand should be there's been a big correction already though right the price on condos still continue to rise despite the drop in volume of available condos for sale on the market act uh, supply has been tightening up quite a bit i think there's a lot of sellers that are just decided to stop selling because they see the the price is going the wrong way for them i think the strap levy is a good thing it, it needs to happen an awful lot of people need to realize the bottom line is both you and i know of some people who are already in some serious trouble oh yes uh, when it comes to missed yep. mortgage payments and and for what it seems like a, a sign that interest rates are going to continue to rise and from what i'm seeing i think there's a lot of denial out there still it's going to end in a disaster in my opinion but maybe i'm wrong we will probably continue to talk about housing <laughs> going forward because it is something that's interesting to track. Well, it's a hugely interesting subject, especially in Canada with the massive run-up. But I don't think it's a secret, but uh, there's a lot of Canadians out there that really have invested their life savings into the housing market because they've seen housing perform so well that they've chosen to put their investments in housing as opposed to the other standard investments, which over the last decade haven't been paying very well because interest rates have been so Yeah, but you know, there's nothing wrong with looking at your home as your life saving. As long as it continues to gain value. Sure. But also, a lot of these people, they got in for the reasons that the market was so bullish that they were looking to make a huge profit very quickly. And they got into a product they couldn't afford to begin with. It's the ultimate problem, I believe. To my mind, the ultimate problem is that why are you putting everything into one asset? Absolutely. Why, why are you investing everything into one risk? Why not spread it around, right? Why go all in on a house? If I bought a house in April of last year, say I paid 700000 for it, well... 30% less right now. What am I getting out of it now? It's a well over $100,000 loss within a year. All investments are risky unless they're diversified. But That's how it goes. If you could afford to buy that half a million dollar house last year, if it had went down 30% the next year, okay, unless you were looking to get out and flip it, it's probably going to come back around. But so many people couldn't even afford to take a slight hit that it might go down year over year. Yeah, they're all in. But I'm saying if the house seems overpriced, which it certainly did last spring, why even bother to invest? Why not just rent or live in the house you got? I guess the assumption that it's going to go up again 
in 10 or 20 percent in value the next year they put a big scare into people and they told people that if they don't buy right now they'll never be able to afford to buy uh, but the reality is it's all public data out there you go to statistics canada or census canada and you can find the average salary that a canadian gets paid yeah. People aren't getting paid more, they're just buying more expensive houses, and that's a recipe for disaster. Yes. It all falls back to the long-term average of a house is generally worth three times the family income. That's the long-term line it runs at. And lately, it's been running at 10 times or 11 times. It's all going to come back to the average again. It's just simple math. You know what's going to happen. Why buy a house when you're way above a line like that? Because you know it's coming back down. If you don't, the argument is that too many kids aren't learning enough math. Like <laughs> This world requires a certain level of financial astuteness. These institutions having a check on this whole idea of giving these high-priced homes. People didn't start making 10 times their salaries, but they started spending 10 times what they were on homes. At the end of the day, if you don't understand math, I don't understand how you're shelling out 900000 to buy a house. Peak because market. the guy across the table like, told you you could afford it. If you're only valid validation is through other companies whose existence is there to make money from you. They're not going to give you the straight information. You need sure to enough. figure it out. Where's Bitcoin this week? It's come off the 9,500. It was last week. It's uh, sitting around 9,000. Could go up, could go down. There's some projections that it's going to go down before it goes back up. Uh, I kind of think that's very possible. I was reading a little bit about uh, Japan having a, a hand in the price uh, going down a little bit. I don't really see it. Well, we're only talking about 500 bucks, right? So not talking about a whole lot of fluctuation here. Well, the market cap, 17 million times 500 bucks. So sure, that's significant. Japan want to get rid of a couple of the private. They want to clean up the currency market until they do. They're looking to blacklist a lot of others. There's something going on in Japan, but I don't really see it as having much validity. I don't really see too many issues really right now. Right. Hey. We have a royal baby. It's called Louis. Hold, hold on, hold on. It's, uh, the, let me quote that. It's called Louis. <laughs> He's called Louis. He's called Louis, yes. Louis. Well, when was he born? Week? Last Monday. Okay, St. George's Day in England. And St. George is the patron saint of England, so that was all very patriotic of Louis. You said you saw some pictures of coming out of the... Poshy Poshy hospital they were in? The hospital in Paddington in London. In a very expensive wing. I don't know a ton about it. But, but if you're going to have an expensive wing for a hospital, why shouldn't the royals be in it? Well, they should be in it. I'm just saying lucky her. Wasn't there like some big issue about it though? Like There's always a big backlash around the royals because of the disparity. Here's an interesting they, fact. They, they, do you know how much money the royal family costs every UK citizen a year? I don't know. Don't know how much. Gotta ask you for a guess. How much money every 50 pounds. year? Oh, well, there was there was a massive thing about this about 10, 15 years ago, or maybe even longer. It could be anything. It's actually one pound. I mean, I didn't think it would be lots. No, nothing then. Okay. And then the tourism industry well makes up for that. Yeah. So it's a good thing the royals are there. An awful lot of people say it is. I think it's a great thing for tourism. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the young kids have done amazing things for the royals because the older generation, Charles, Camilla, Andrew, Edward, Anne, yeah. Hmm. People were very fussed about them at all. And I think, in fact, some of the Netflix dramas, particularly The Crown, which is absolutely incredible. I have watched it. 
Did you like it? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was an excellent piece of TV, and it actually makes you invested and interested in the royals, which I wasn't at all before. Not that I'm into the royals by any stretch of the imagination, but I think people were actively anti them, and I think Kate, William, Harry have really done a lot for that. Well, they've brought the new generation royals in, right? Yeah, because it was stale for a long time. Sure, yeah. Charles, sorry, dude, but you're a little boring. Well, how old is the queen now? 92? Yeah, she's, she's getting old. So, she retired. There's a pretty good chance we could see a very young King William. Oh, you think Charles will abdicate to William? Well, Charles is in his late 60s. Yeah. Whether or not he advocates or not, he's, we could see a fairly young William what as king. What else people talk about that? It's not a bad idea. Oh, from what we know about Charles, if he can be king, he'll be king for a day. Do you think that? Yes. He, he likes a quiet life. Yeah, he's into his, he's got his own thing going yeah, on in Scotland, right? He's got his own funny little town where they make... I watched a little documentary on it. They make cereal. It. It's and quite like, cool. It is quite cool. Like, okay. I would actually be surprised if he didn't. Yeah, I agree with Darren. And, you know, he married the love of his life. I know that's very controversial because of all the mess of Diana. But I think they have a pretty chilled life. William oh, good for him. Do not. Like, they've got a full celeb. They're like People Magazine, plus, plus, plus. Well, they had no choice, right? They were looking for a face. <laughs> oh, they did have a choice. It's so the Kardashians way. next week, eh? <laughs> I don't even want to talk about the Kardashians. Oh, I do. We're going to talk about them next week. I think they're... Are we? Yes. I want to. I put that in our notes. Oh, did well. you read my notes? <laughs> no one read the notes. For anyone listening to the podcast, Libby is very good at writing notes, and uh, <laughs> she sends them all out to us. And, and when we are very good we at reading all We never seem to read them. I don't know... Uh, <laughs> No one read the note. But well, we are going to talk about the Kardashians, which is awesome. Yeah, Kylie Jenner is the youngest. Is Kylie Bruce? Who's Kylie. Bruce? What's he, what's he named himself? He's called, called Caitlyn. We could do a whole podcast on that. I'll do a little studying. Yeah, I was going to say, go do your homework on all of them, including Rob Kardashian. Rob? What's Rob do? Well, you'll have to do your homework. What do any of them do? I don't know the Kardashians. I just know Kim Kardashian has a big butt. No, there's Kendall. Ky- is there a Courtney? Courtney and Kylie. Kylie and Courtney. Chloe. Okay, just, so those are the names. So what? Chloe has just had a baby with Tristan. I don't know why I know all these names and information. And he plays basketball for a big team. Was he the one who had the breakdown? No, that was Odom. Yeah. Or her ex-husband. And this latest one was cheating on her. It was filmed by TMZ or one of the gossip channels like two seconds before her baby was born. So that's the current drama. Ah. Do you think the Kardashians would be happier if they had, like, some type of relocation somewhere where nobody knew who they were and they just kind of live out their lives in peace? No. Do you feel like they regret where the point they're at now? I don't think they Well, like, with the husband cheating on her two minutes before she had her baby, right? How long does it take before you just decide to go, I'd rather just be rich than famous and be done with it? They've all had facial surgery, right? Yeah, they all have Botox. I I heard that one had... Plastic surgery to look like the other one? To look like Kim? Well, Kylie Jenner's the youngest, and she had very thin lips. She had a big issue with that. I don't know why I know all this. I saw it before and and after in one of them. It was was ridiculous. It's Kylie Jenner. And her transformation, because she actually was the most natural-looking of all of them, and now her face has completely morphed into Kim Kardashian. But it's 
so obviously reconstructed. Like she's got the collagen lips and the funny stretched cheeks that go up, and she's got that weird bum that looks like a mushroom. We talked about that before. Do you take fat from other parts of the body and inject it into the ass? You've never seen how that's done. Well, they also take like actual pads, right, and implants. Silicone implants. Oh no, now it's so fat. No, but fat gets reabsorbed. When I lived in Australia, the big fad was for men to have silicone implants in their calves and their upper leg to make their legs look <laughs> muscly, I don't know. I think it was an implant. Well, I think, I think next week we'll, we'll come back with... Plastic surgery research. Do you think Taylor Swift will get plastic surgery? Or has she had plastic surgery? No. Taylor Swift, no. 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 You don't think so? No. I'm sure she has a lot of work, i.e. she goes for facials and massages and has the beauty stuff. But I would think not, because she's got quite a unique look. And how old is she? Oh, she's early 20s, probably. Early mid-20s. So I... what about a decade from now? Oh, oh well, who knows? Probably. But I think she'll age well. Oh, she'll have work done. I hope she doesn't. And what about, uh, what's the wrecking ball? Miley. Miley Cyrus. Oh, Miley. We should start up like a plastic surgery uh, betting pool. Have you seen, oh gosh, what's she called? The Bridget Jones. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's old news, though. I know, but that, that was big change. really disturbing. She looks totally different. Yeah, but yeah, maybe she just didn't like the way she looked. Yeah, as women, we're all told not to like the way we look. But I guess you could argue, so what's the better solution? Plastic surgery or going down into, like, an anorexic-type situation? But she was also anorexic at one point. So maybe the plastic surgery, in a way... Prevented her anorexia from getting worse. Yeah. I don't know. Well, she did say that actually on record. Is it actually helpful? She's in the best place she's ever been. Can it help? Can it be a a help, an aid, you know? Yeah. I don't know. We've got the money, what the heck, right? So why did you bring up Taylor Swift? You got something against Tay-Tay? No, because she's popular, and so you know all the all the podcast listeners would know Taylor Swift instead of me saying someone like um, I don't know Imagine Dragons, which I, I don't even know who that is, but it I, just I, I, into just, my head. I just don't think we need to pick on Taylor Swift yet. Well, what about Chantal Kravyatsik? What? Who are these? What? Chantel, you Canadian. Know what? I met Chantel Kravyatsik. I think she's married to a Dragons Den dragon. No, I met Chantel Kravyatsik. Okay. Do you know who Chantel Kravyatsik married to? Did you say Chantel McCravy asked? No, I said Chantel <laughs> <laughs> I believe she is married to Rain Maida from Our Lady Peace. Yeah, 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 I, she is, I yeah. Me- I met her. That's right. Yeah, I yeah, met yeah. her at a concert. Right on. Because I did security when we lived lived in London. How many damn years ago was that? I did a security uh, event ago. when Our Lady Peace was playing, and I met her and right Rain Maida. The, that's cool. Drop a little line there. Yeah, I know. Chantel, you want to give me a call? Let me know. We can chat again. <laughs> One of Canada's own. One of Canada's own. Yes, Our Lady Peace. In Chantel. In Chantel. Out of Winnipeg, I believe. Oh. That's all. Okay. Now, this is a bit of a tangent. So I've been doing a spin class on Monday morning. It's really awesome. I'm trying to persuade Darren to come with me. Yeah. The man that instructs it called Mark, and there's lots of men that do the class. It's not will you do me a favor if you ever get Darren to go with you, let me know? Because I will go. I will get out of bed, I will drive. Well, I'd probably throw up within the first five minutes. It's, it is hardcore, but it's a great class. But this yeah. guy, I guess he's probably late 40s, 50s, I don't know what his age is. Anyway, he's a hardcore cyclist. Yeah. 
and he has great music. He's got a great playlist. Yeah, like he plays everything from like 60s, he plays a lot of The Clash and I'm very fond of The Clash. And then all the way through to like contemporary stuff. It's just a good spin instructor, he gets everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the RPM, all that kind of stuff. But I don't want to be a sado going, I like your music. But I want to say to him like, you've got really good music taste. What's a sado? A sado? Yeah. Sad, like, I don't know, a dork? Is that an English term? Oh, probably. Yeah, I mm-hmm. don't know that one. Oh. A saddle. Saddle. Okay. A lot of exercise classes that you may not have been to, but other people, listeners may have been to. Like, you get a very generic... I have been to some exercise I, 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 and, and I have heard Carrie say many times that great class, bad music. Yeah, yeah. this class yeah. is amazing hey, music. Hey, fantastic. Keep going. Yeah, no, I'm really into it. It's That's hard. cool. Yeah, it's good. And I think that, like, I would say there's more men that go than women to this class. Yeah. So I would say any class I've ever been to, 2% chance you might go as opposed to a 1% chance. Okay, okay. so now we got a 2% chance that Darren's going to go to a spin class. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to put a little uh, something out there, people. And if, if we can get 50 of you to come on and tell why Darren should go to this spin class, he will go. Darren? No, I need money for this one. This one, no, no. Money? Yeah. Money? <laughs> what do you mean money? What do you mean money? I'll pay you two dollars to go. And, I, I, and I'll throw in, I think I got a couple bucks in my pocket. <laughs> That's four bucks, everyone. Okay, so we got four bucks. We're gonna get Darren there. So how long is the spin class for? One hour. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> No, I need at least three hundred dollars for that. That's true. And did you mention this was our fifteenth podcast? <laughs> Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah, Darren will never hit seventeen if he goes to an hour spin <laughs> class. So that won't happen. Well, we still got to get the website up, you know. So once the website's up, and we'll get maybe a little donation in there, and then uh, you know, if we get enough donations, I'll go to spin class, and you can even take a video, even watch me puke, which will probably happen. Well, thanks for coming out tonight, everybody. Next week, we've got an interview. Next week, we're hoping to have uh, another interview. And uh, we'd just like to thank you for coming out again this week. Have a great night. Thank you. Have a good night. May the coins always fall in your favor. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.